Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, my name is Anas and I'll be your conference separator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the SECO's 2021 year-end earnings and production conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press star, then number two. Thank you. To SECO, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Anas. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining TSECO's fourth quarter and annual 2021 results conference call. The news release announcing our financial and operational results was issued yesterday after market close and is available on our website at tsecominds.com. On the call with me today is TSECO's President and CEO, Stuart McDonald, TSECO's Chief Financial Officer, Bryce Hamming, and our Senior, Senior VP of Operations, Richard Tremblay. As usual, before we get into opening remarks by management, I would like to remind our listeners that our comments and answers to your questions will contain forward-looking information. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause the stated outcome to differ materially from the actual outcome. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, I encourage you to read the cautionary note that accompanies our fourth quarter MD&A and the related news release, as well as the risk factors particular to our company. I would also like to point out that we will use various non-GAAP measures during the call. You can find explanations and reconciliations regarding these measures in the related news release. After opening remarks, we will open the phone lines to analysts and investors for a question and answer session. I would now turn the call over to Stuart for his remarks. Okay, thanks Brian, and good morning everyone. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. I'm pleased to review Uh, What was a very successful year for Tosico, and in fact, in many respects, it was the best year we've ever had as a company. Uh, Copper markets continue to defy expectations, and the price remains near all-time highs. I don't think there were many analysts a year ago that would have predicted an average copper price of 4.20 a pound for 2021, or that the price would level out near 4.50 a pound going into the new year. So it's a great environment right now for copper producers and I'm feeling very optimistic about where Tosico is at and our ability to grow over the next couple of years. The fourth quarter wasn't without its challenges, but we still managed strong financial returns with, 60, with 62 million of earnings from mining operations and 53 million of adjusted EBITDA. Adjusted earnings of five cents a share was net of a $6 million loss or two cents from our ongoing and prudent copper price protection program. The fourth quarter rounded out a great year where we achieved 200 million of adjusted EBITDA and over 200 million of cash flow from operations before working capital adjustments. Two separate weather events impacted us in different ways in the fourth quarter. In November, severe rainstorms and flooding in southern BC washed out highways and rail infrastructure. Although although that didn't affect our mine production, it did prevent us from shipping our copper concentrate to customers at the port in Vancouver. And that caused a build-up in inventories and impacted our Q4 financials, although that situation will unwind itself 
uh, in 20, early in 2022 here. In December, the mine was hit with a winter storm which brought temperatures as low as minus 40 degrees Celsius and an unusually heavy snowfall. The combination of extreme cold and snow at the same time is unusual and it's had an impact on milling operations and mine production into January. The mine has also been working through issues with, our, with ore in the upper benches of the Gibraltar pit where mining operations are now transitioning to. As described in our production release, these upper benches of the, of the Gibraltar pit contain both oxidized and high pyrite ore that negatively impacts metal recoveries. We're dealing with some of this ore but as mining moves into lower benches in the coming months, the quality and grade of ore will improve. From a cost perspective, average cash costs at Gibraltar last year were $1.90 a pound, which was very similar to the prior year. The main item where we've seen inflationary pressure is on diesel costs, which have risen again since year-end and are currently about 7 or $0.08 cents per pound of copper higher than the average in 2021. In the fourth quarter, we signed a new long-term labor agreement at Gibraltar. It's a three-year contract and the agreement escalators are fair and reasonable in the context of the current inflationary environment. Spot rates for ocean freight have fallen from the highs a few months ago and we recently took the opportunity to enter into a new long-term contract. As always, we're gonna to continue to manage the costs that we can control and let the upside take care of itself. Looking ahead to 2022, we expect the first quarter will be a low production quarter, similar to Q1 last year. Although, as I mentioned, we will get a positive earnings bump from higher sales volumes as we sell off excess inventory. In the second quarter, head grades and ore quality should improve. The back half of the year will be higher production again. So really a similar profile to, to 2021. In 2023, we should see higher average grades for the year and copper production should trend back toward the life of mine average of 130 million pounds. We'll also be evaluating a potential restart of Gibraltar's SXEW plant in 2024, which could further increase copper production for a fairly nominal capital spend. Lastly, on Gibraltar, our engineering team is now well advanced on a reserve update and we expect to have that finalized in the second quarter. At that time, we should have more to say about a potential mine life extension. Changing over to Florence, and we, we certainly were hoping that the EPA would have publicly issued the UIC permit by now and started the public comment period. That was certainly our expectation based on the time estimates that they'd given to us previously. It may sound a bit like a broken record when I say that the EPA process is still advancing with no significant issues, but that is in fact the case. We continue to have frequent communication with the regulator and based on those discussions, we believe their remaining work is mainly administrative and that there are no substantive issues outstanding. We continue to expect the draft permit to be publicly issued very soon. In the meantime, we continue to advance the technical aspects of the project that we can control. Detailed engineering is complete and procurement of key long lead time items is well advanced with approximately 45 million US incurred or committed. We want to be sure that we're ready to go as soon as that final permit is issued and major components are now being fabricated in Europe, Asia and South America. Looking back at 2021, it was a year of many accomplishments. Our production base at Gibraltar allowed us to capitalize on the strong copper price and produce the best ever financials for the company. 
In February, we took advantage of a hot bond market to refinance and upsize our high-yield notes at a reduced interest rate. And later in the year, we added a $50 million revolver. These two transactions, combined with over $200 million in operating margin and cash flow from Gibraltar in the year, have put us in a great position to move forward with development of the commercial facility at Florence. We also recently extended our copper price protection program to secure a minimum price of $4 a pound for almost all of this year's production. And Bryce can talk more about that in a minute. At Yellowhead, we continued important community relations work in preparation for the upcoming environmental assessment process, which we expect to commence this year with the support of local communities. We spun out the Harmony Gold project, which has sat idle in Tosico for many years. It's now in the hands of JDS. We retained a 15% carried interest and a 2% NSR, and I'm optimistic that that will create value for Tosico shareholders in the future. At New Prosperity, the confidential facilitated dialogue with the province and the TNG is ongoing. And while I can't provide any further details at this time, I think the fact that all the parties wanted to extend that agreement and continue the dialogue is a very positive sign. So we've had a lot on the go and very much looking forward to this next year, which we believe will be a pivotal one for the company as we move into construction of our second producing asset. I'll now turn the call over to Bryce to give you some additional color on, our, on the financial. Thanks, Stuart, and good morning, everyone. I'll start this portion of the earnings call with a review of our 2021 annual financial results before talking more specifically about the quarter. In 2021, we realized $433 million in revenue on sales of £105 million of copper, a 26% increase from 2020. This result was greatly assisted by the copper price. We saw an LME average price of 423 per pound in 2021, and after factoring in positive provisional payments due to the rising copper price trend, our average realized price at Gibraltar was 431 per pound. We also benefited from a Canadian dollar that averaged a US to Canadian FX rate of uh, $1.25. The last time copper were at these levels, a decade ago, the Canadian dollar was at parity with the US dollar. So in Canadian dollar terms, these are truly record high copper prices which are continuing to benefit us as a Canadian mine into 2022. We are also very proud of the fact that COVID did not have any notable negative impact on our operations in 2021 or on our supply chains and that we were able to operate the Gibraltar mine continuously despite many waves of the pandemic that were thrown at us, as well as the weather events that Stuart touched on. C1 operating costs were steady near our life of mine average at $1.90 per pound and benefited from capitalized stripping in Pollyanna and the Gibraltar pit being deferred, which was higher at 60 million for the year on a 75% basis. Sustaining capital also increased by 8 million over 2020 levels due to scheduled component replacements with notable work programs on some of the shovels. Healthy operating margin contributed to the record adjusted EBITDA of 201 million, which was 85% greater than in 2020 when the average copper price was only 280 per pound. This really illustrates Gibraltar's operating leverage to the copper price. Cap earnings was 13 cents per share and adjusted earnings was 16 cents a share. Our cash flow statement highlights that our operating cash flow from Gibraltar continued to fund our ongoing financing costs as well as our investment in Florence. Cash flow from operations was 175 million 
and funded capital expenditures at JIB of $88 million and our Florence Capper, Copper cash spend of $43 million. Costs for Florence included spend on detailed engineering, which is now complete, as well as deposits on lead order equipment items for the commercial scale SXCW plan. These purchases from our 2021 financings have allowed us to protect the Florence project execution schedule, as well as against inflation and supply chain risks. We finished the year with $300 million in liquidity, and our cash balance was $237 million. We started the year with $85 million and benefited from two notable financings, the first being our $400 million 2026 senior notes, which were issued at a 7% coupon. That generated $170 million in net proceeds after repayment of the 2020 new notes, and then the closing of the three-and-a-half-year $50 million U.S. revolving credit facility with National Bank. And these are all part of our funding plans for Florence. At current copper prices and with our ending balance sheet, we are in a very strong position to fully fund Florence and our other capital programs with our own means. That said, we are still considering ancillary financing options should we need it and where the cost of capital is supportive of our, our strategic plans. For Gibraltar, the major capital program in 2022 will be the planning underway for the move of the in-pit crusher that currently sits over the connector pit. We're planning to spend about $15 million on a 75% basis this year to prepare for this crusher move, uh, which will be moved in 2023. With respect to the fourth quarter itself, as Stuart mentioned, we only sold 24 million pounds of the 29 million pounds that we produced, and we carried higher than average inventories at the end of the year, just shy of 10 million pounds. We are working through the extra concentrate inventory this quarter to get it shipped and expect Q1 ending inventory to be back to more normal levels, which should bolster Q1 earnings relative to Q1 production. Despite the challenges with realizing sales, we still achieved $103 million in revenue in the fourth quarter based on the robust copper price, which averaged $4.37 per pound, our best average price uh, so far. With operating costs of $1.94 per pound, we were able to generate strong operating margins, albeit on lower sales volumes in the fourth quarter. Costs in the fourth quarter also benefited from a strong byproduct credit from Molly, which averaged just shy of $19 per pound on just shy of 500,000 pounds of sales, as well as low offsite costs of only 22 cents per pound due to lower treatment and refining charges on our copper concentrate. This quarter, we realized some of the lowest TCRCs that the Gibraltar mine has ever seen as a result of the tight physical market conditions and the fact that Gibraltar has a very desirable clean concentrate. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was robust at $53 million, although due to the growing ending inventory exceeded our cash flow from operations by $16 million. Our, our cash position in the quarter was relatively neutral from where it ended in Q3 with cash flows from operations of $37 million, funding our CapEx of $33 million, and our debt service costs of $6 million. And that CapEx included our Florence spend. Gap net income was $11.8 million, or $0.04 cents per share, and after excluding unrealized losses on derivatives and unrealized FX gains, adjusted net income was $13 million, or $0.05 cents per share. Not adjusted earnings was realized losses arising from the premiums paid on put protection for the fourth quarter. Adding this back would have increased earnings by an additional $6 million or $0.02 cents per share. 
During rises in the price of spot copper, which we saw at various times during the year, we were able to execute on our long-standing hedging practice of securing minimum copper prices. We are extremely pleased that as of today, we have at least 90% of our share of 2022 estimated production to be covered with a minimum $4 floor price. We've covered 85 million pounds at $4, with a ceiling of 560 to June and then a 540 ceiling for the second half of the year. Through the use of these copper collars, we are able to continue to provide significant upside to our shareholders while ensuring we can execute on our capital investment program. We will continue to look for these opportunities in the coming months for further copper price protection for 2023, near these similar 2022 levels as we prepare for starting the construction of Florence. With that, I'll now turn it back to the operator for any questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchstone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you are using a speakerphone, please leave the hands up before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. Your first question comes from Oris Wakaro with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Yes, good morning. Um, I'm wondering if you could provide us more color on your 2022 guidance of copper production of 150 million pounds. Specifically, um, if you could give us some of the assumed components in that number in terms of uh, average grade or throughput uh, would be helpful. Thank you. Uh, hi, Oris. It's Stuart speaking. Maybe I'll, I'll start with that and pass it to Richard. But generally, you know, we're seeing grades that are, sli- are going to be slightly below our reserve grade average. Um, you know, it's a 0.25 reserve, as you know, we'll be a little below that this year. And, and in terms of grade and recovery, um, you know, I think we want to be a little bit cautious about what we say there, certainly moving into the Gibraltar pit. Um, as we've talked about in the past, there are opportunities to, to push throughput and push, push tons above the 85,000 tons a day, but I, I would say we're still working through that and trying to figure out the best way to optimize um, throughput and, and recoveries and, and some of the recovery challenges that we've seen. So I don't know, Richard, if you if you have anything to add there. Yeah, no, I, I think that covered it pretty well, Stuart. Uh, the only, I guess, part I'd add is that the Gibraltar is definitely softer and there seems to be, uh, or there is a lot of upside on the throughput piece that we're just uh, working through the how best to optimize the, the overall copper production. Okay. It, and... You know, when I look back over the last couple quarters, your throughput's been below 85,000 tons a day, I think, for about the last year and a half or so. Should we expect that now to approach that that throughput design as you're transitioning pits, or what's the timeline on that? Yeah, so the the, the previous quarters, uh, the ore was all coming from Pollyanna pit, which is uh, significantly harder ore and more challenging or, or more energy intensive to grind and, and process. And uh, as we transition into Gibraltar pit, uh, the limit, we will not be power limited. It'll be more metallurgically limited in terms of optimizing overall plant performance is, what, is what's going to be uh, you know, the optimum point for us to operate at. Okay. Um, and then could you also give us an estimate on plan spending related to deferred stripping and sustaining capital at Gibraltar this year? I think it, um, in terms of capital strip <clears throat> last year, 
2021, I think we were around 80 million for the year, give or take. And that we, we're, we're thinking that'll be lower moving into 2022 here, something closer to 60 million on the capital strip. Um, yeah, and then as, as Bryce mentioned in his, his comments, um, that there is a capital project we have to take on to move an in-pit crusher. Our share of that's gonna be about 15 million this year. And that move will take place in 2023, but we got to spend money this year to get to get started on that project. Um, beyond though, beyond that, you know, I think our sustain our other sustaining capex will be normal, you know, the normal levels that you've seen in in the last year or two. Okay, so sort of like 30 million plus an extra 15, give or take. Um, for sustaining capex. Yeah, I don't know, Bryce. Yeah, this year. Yeah, that's probably more on a nervous percent basis. Just to clarify, when Stuart says 80 million for for uh, capitalized strip, he's talking on a 100% basis, and I think we're expecting that down by 20 million on a 100% basis, and then sustaining capital near uh, levels that we saw previously, which would probably be in um, that 25 to 30 million on a 100% basis. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Ed Broker with Barclays. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for taking my question. So I wanted to ask about uh, the cost in the fourth quarter um, and kind of explain that out, especially versus the third quarter, uh, which is a bit higher. Was it all diesel uh, costs or rising input costs, or was it mostly from, um, you know, operating leverage from lower production? And then should we expect higher costs like that through the uh, first quarter of 2022, kind of due to the lower production, or could there be some offset from the unwind of uh, inventory? Yeah, I think I think you know Q3 over Q4. Obviously, the big change there was the was the production. So, you know, the copper production is is going to be in the grade and things like that are going to be the biggest driver of our unit costs. I think total spending doesn't change much from from quarter to quarter. Um, yeah, moving and then moving forward into 2022, I think you'll see a similar profile where it, it kind of mirrors our our production. So we'll have lower uh, lower production in Q1 and, and, and therefore higher uh, C1 costs, and, and then that will kind of um, those those costs will come down as we get later on in the year. Um, you know, but something in the range of a dollar dollar ninety. A pound, a dollar ninety, two dollars a pound. You know, that's kind of where we're going to be on an operating um, basis here. That's that's an average level uh, for Gibraltar that you're going to expect to see going forward. Yeah, that's helpful. And then just the, could you give us a reminder on on your thoughts on the cadence of the of the foreign's capital spend? I know you you you've done a, a bit of work on it, but um, do you plan to you know? really ramp up production, uh, or not, excuse me, not production, construction immediately after receiving uh, the UIC permit after the 45-day comment period? Yeah, so after, uh, I mean, we're we're continuing to advance work to be ready to hit the ground running the minute we do get the UIC uh, permit, so we're really positioning ourselves to be able to do that, and, and um, you know, we're continuing to uh, try to look to do all the items uh, that we can ahead of time, and then when we have the permit, be able to to really advance and not have any, uh, you know, not have a slow ramp up in construction, hit the ground running hard. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Got it. And then uh, last one from me, uh, just the cost of the hedge program. Um, should we think about it as kind of the five to six million, kind of like we saw uh, in this quarter that you uh, just implemented for the uh, for the rest of the year of 2022? Yeah, it's, it, you know, generally we target um, when we look at, at purchasing put protection, we, we're generally targeting sort of that five to seven cent um, per pound range. I think the the ones that we executed were sort of in that uh, order of magnitude uh, with the call. So if we're looking beyond 2022, um, that that's kind of the, the, typically the budget we kind of set aside uh, when the opportunities arise, and then we set the calls depending on what what that amount of budget can buy us. Great, thanks for the uh, question. Correct. Congratulations on a good year. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you have any questions, please press star 1. Your next question comes from Craig Hutchinson with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, I've got a follow-up question just on Florence. Uh, I think the budget is U.S. $230 million. Can you just sort of clarify how much of that budget has already been deployed uh, from the spending that you guys uh, had in 2021? Sure. Yeah, Craig. Hi, it's Stuart here. I mean, as I, we, we've committed to about 45 million U.S. on the long lead time items. Um, we, we made those commitments, most of those commitments in the fourth quarter. Um, not all of that money has actually flowed through as capex yet. It'll, it'll, it'll kind of dribble through um, over the next quarter or two here in the new year. But you know, I, I consider that 45 million essentially spent. Um, and then beyond that, we've, we've spent some money on, on detailed engineering, which is part of the original budget. You know, that would probably be in the range of 10 million, 10 million US. So that's, okay. that's essentially where we are on the overall uh, spend. Somewhere in the order of, I guess, 55 million US. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then just assuming you guys get the permits um, for the first half of this year, how long would it take to, to get to commercial production from the moment you guys sort of break ground on, on full construction? Yeah, we're looking at a, an 18-month uh, kind of schedule uh, to, to start having, uh, you know, completing construction and, and having production starting to ramp up at that point. Okay. Uh, maybe just one last uh, question for me. Just, I just want to clarify. You, you said that the C1 costs for Gibraltar for this year, you think, are going to be in the range of a dollar ninety to two dollars. Is, is that correct? Um, yeah. That, <laughs> you're going to pin me to that. That was a general kind of comment, but yeah, I think okay. it's, I think it's, that's the range. We're not expect, expecting any kind of cost uh, surprises. I think you look at the last two years, we've been a dollar ninety, a dollar ninety-two. So. Yeah, somewhere in that range, you'll see it. You should see it continue. 
Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Your next question comes from Mike Kozak with Cantor. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, so at Florence, uh, from the day you get the draft UIC, it then starts the 45-day public comment period. My first question is, after that 45-day period concludes, how long does it take for the draft UIC uh, permit to convert to a final UIC permit? Is that something that you'll have to be waiting on the EPA again for, or is it just an automatic? Yeah, it's it's really going to be a function of the comments received and how substantive or material they are. And EPA will go through a process of reviewing the comments received or comments made at the public hearing uh, that occurs at about the 30-day mark of the 45-day public comment period. Um, so that that's going to take them some time. If, if they receive no comments, then the draft permit issued for public comment essentially immediately converts and, and is issued as a final permit, but uh, do expect there to be some comments and the EPA will take time to assess those and it's all going to be dependent on what level of comments they receive and, and what issues are raised, if any. Understood. Okay. Um, and then second question, Craig kind of just asked it, but so you're not going to be formally putting out 2022 cost guidance, but informally expected around a buck 90 to two bucks per pound. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, great. And then the last one here, um, I think the last uh, reserve calculation you did at Gibraltar, you used a copper price of 275 per pound uh, for the reserve uh, pit shells. When you, how, how are you thinking about the recalculation that's coming in Q2? Do you, are you going to keep it there or maybe move it up a little bit? Because presumably there'd be a, a lot of um, slightly lower grade material that would convert. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a lot of other material um, that's in resource, currently classified as resource outside of our reserve. It's, there's about 500 million tons of, of that. Um, and, and certainly the, the engineering exercise that we're going through is to look at that material and, and with a higher copper price and with, with the new world that we're in, you know, what, what portion of that uh, resource can be brought over um, into reserve. And, and you know, we believe there's, there's a great opportunity there to extend the mine life. Um, and, and that's what we're working on now and optimistic, as I said in my notes, they're optimistic that we can add several years, add several years onto the end of the mine life without, without a major impact on, um, on life of mine grade either, you know, the grade of that resource isn't, is fairly similar. So. Perfect. Um, thanks. Uh, that's, that's it for me. Thanks guys. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Taseko, you may proceed. Great. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone, uh, for joining this morning, and we will talk to you again after the first quarter. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace.
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.